Hey, Blake from Launch Notes here. Thanks so much for checking out the Launch Notes podcast. Today's podcast features a recording of a recent edition of Launches I've Loved, an interview series where top product teams break down a product launch they worked on. For more great content like this, join our free Launch Awesome Slack community. You'll find a link in the show notes or just do a quick search for Launch Awesome and it'll come right up. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Launches I've Loved. Uh, today I have the privilege of speaking to Ravi Thurasai, who is the Senior Director of Product Marketing at LaunchDarkly. Uh, and he's joining us. Hi Ravi, how are you? Hi Jake, I'm good, how are you? I'm well, thanks so much for, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We're super excited to chat today. Um, and uh, just as a quick, quick intro to our Launches I've Loved, uh, which we spoke about a little offline, um, really the goal here is just to have a, a really great engaging informal conversation about uh, sort of your career in product marketing um, and specifically sort of anchor the conversation around one one particular launch that you've that you've been a part of or that you've led in your career um, and sort of why it was so memorable what sticks out to you about it uh, and we're really big on two things here at, at, at launch notes one is uh, sort of always be celebrating is one of our values so uh, making sure that we stop and celebrate all the progress that's being made before rushing to the next thing because we're always always so busy um, and then the second thing, which I know you guys are, um, you guys think a lot about too at Launch Darkly, is just sort of transparency. We're big on transparency and um, and letting people uh, sort of see into the, a window into uh, into sort of what 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 you're doing in your product development life cycle. And so, um, sort of in that in that spirit, want to have a conversation that both celebrates something that uh, sort of a launch that you've been a part of that you want to highlight, and then also to kind of transparently talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, and what you learned because I think there's a lot a lot of learning still to be had. And, um, folks in product marketing and product management are just hungry. So um, super excited to chat with you today. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll stop yakking now and give you a minute just to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your, your background and then sort of what's, what you're currently working on at LaunchDarkly. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, so for me, like you mentioned, I'm at LaunchDarkly. Now I've been there for about a year, um, actually a little over a year. Uh, previously, I was at Atlassian where you and I worked together. I was uh, head of product marketing for your service management. I'm going to talk about that launch um, in a bit. Uh, but actually, I started my career as a, a developer. Um, so, you know, graduated computer science, was hands-on keyboard coding uh, for a number of years before deciding I wanted to be more on the business side of technology. I went to business school and then uh, joined IBM as a consultant and ended up being at IBM for a decade, which is a long time in tech. But I yeah. uh, really got a chance to work in some different roles there from consulting to competitive intelligence and product marketing, um, and then went to New Relic for a, a three-year stint there. So, you know, I've been around this, the tech space for a while, uh, both as a practitioner and now leading in product marketing. I think uh, for me, product marketing is a really exciting role, and it's been awesome to see how this role continues to evolve in just the current landscape of software and where tech is going. Uh, but I think for me, what makes me most passionate about it is sort of this intersection of, um, at a place like LaunchDarkly, helping developers understand uh, ways of working, uh, but also uh, thinking about messaging and how to articulate that to such a wide set of personas that may be involved in that buying process and involved in that yeah. shift oftentimes a mental shift in terms of how software works and how to, how to ship great software. 
Um, so, you know, it's been a fun journey. I'm, I'm really excited about where we're, what we're doing at LaunchDarkly and, and where things are heading. So that's a bit about me. Terrific. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a great, great background. And, and I, I'm curious too, since you brought it up, and I, I always find that asking product marketers how they sort of stumbled into the craft, because it, usually people have a, a winding way in. Um, what, what uh, sort of talk a little bit about, if you will, just sort of your transition from, from the development side of the house to the, to the product and marketing side of the house and sort of what, yeah. what, what drew you over there. Yep. Um, well, like I mentioned, I had uh, moved into management consulting out of business school and one of the things I enjoyed about that was working on, uh, you know, very high-profile projects. But it was sort of this thing where you moved from client to client. You never really got to see the thing that you envisioned really implemented, or um, you kind of were, were moving from from project to project. And um, as I looked at post-consulting careers, I always had this aspiration of really being able to stick with something for a longer period of time, being able to think about both the strategy of that thing, but also really driving the execution. And, and that's kind of how I got curious about product marketing. And, you know, I think it's delivered in a lot of those ways where it's, you know, thinking about where you want to take go to market um, strategically, but then also being good about uh, orchestrating and executing on that vision. And so it's been for me, I think a good mix of, um, of those skill sets that, that, that really attracted mm -hmm. me to it. Um, I will say too that even when I was a developer, I always had this aspiration to um, find roles that helped people that were like me, that were developers, to do their job better. And I think um, part of what I've looked for is roles that sort of are in product marketing but help people that were like me, that were looking at sort of new ways of development, um, struggling to figure them out. And, you know, so I feel like product marketing, especially at places like LaunchDarkly, have been that nice mix of things of, of doing product marketing, but helping people that, that you know, I have some, uh, I have some understanding of, of the challenges that, that they're going through. Yep. Yeah, it's terrific. You're at the intersection of a lot of things in product marketing, uh, especially yep. working for a developer tool company and still getting to kind of sell, sell to the um, sell the persona where you started. So that's, that's very cool. Um, which leads us to, to Jira service management as well, which kind of also plays in that same sort of IT space. And um, yeah, I would love to, would love to hear a little bit about your time, your time working on Jira service desk and Jira service management. And then, um, yeah, tell us about, tell us about that launch and sort of why it was so, so memorable for you as you think back of all the, just all the things that you've, you've released and all the launches you've been a part of in your, in your time as a product marketer. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I think the interesting thing about that stint, I joined um, the product was called Jira Service Desk. And, um, you know, I think strategically, as we thought about the direction of that product, you know, in the IT um, market, there are very different connotations between service desk and what's called IT service management and as we thought strategically about where the product was heading we really wanted to look to position the product more as an IT service management uh, product and certainly from a product perspective we had been you know releasing new updates that um, furthered the functionality that that made it more competitive with other IT service management uh, products in the market um, but we kind of hit this point where we really needed to 
um, shift in terms of the brand. A and, you know, the brand w was really viewed as a kind of a blocker to really taking that next step in terms of positioning the product as um, as a as a IT service management solution. You know, when your product is called Jira Service Desk, it's just always going to be viewed as a service desk. Um, yes. And so, you know, we kind of hit this point towards the end of, of 2020 where uh, we wanted to, you know, make a big announcement, uh, announce Jira Service Management along with a number of product updates as well, um, including the bundling of an acquired product called OpsGenie that was also included as uh, what we were going to rebrand as um, Jira Service Management. And uh, I think the really the, one of the most fun things about that was uh, we sort of attached this brand campaign. And thinking about branding relative to a, la a launch was something that I hadn't done before. And mm. you know, there's a lot of considerations there. Um, context, you know, contextually, we were certainly a challenger in this space. Um, everyone's familiar with ServiceNow, and they're kind of the 800-pound gorilla in the IT service management space. And so from a product marketing perspective, thinking about that challenge of launching a product that is competitive with other players that have been around in this space potentially for decades is, is a really interesting challenge. And it sort of spurred us to think a lot about what was the sort of persona in our brand that we wanted to convey. And, you know, I'm really happy with the brand campaign that we um, came up with, and I'll, I'll chat more about that. But it was sort of this thing of not only launching functionality, but really also launching this brand and a brand that people could recognize and distinguish from other players that have been in the market for, for decades. So I'll just pause there and, and see any comments or, or reactions on that. Yeah, that's 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 terrific. Um, it's yeah, so many questions. Um, I'm curious, sort of how, how if you could if you could chat about like because the the brand there's the brand element, there's sort of the, the product element, and actually, and then and then there's like kind of the the features and functionality, kind of different levels. Uh, I'm curious about sort of as as you planned the launch because there's just so many components that go into each. Sort of how, how did you think about that that prioritization? How long did it take? Sort of what what was what was driving the you know was one driving the other? Or, were, were they all being done in parallel? I'm sure. What was that process like? Because I find the whole layering on the brand stuff is just a it's a it's a fascinating conversation. Um, yep. For, for any launch, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the interesting things is leading up to that. I kind of alluded to the fact that we had been adding more functionality that was getting closer to this IT service management space, and I think each of those launches gives us a bit of a canary test, let's say, a, a bit of a test mm. to explore what's the right sort of tone, the right message, what's resonating, what's not resonating. And, you know, I would say a good, you know, nine months leading up to that major launch, you know, we had been releasing new capabilities, some of them even in early access, but each one of those, I think, gave us a chance to learn um, and sort of tune and think about what's the right approach. And I think that was a really important element to being successful in the end was looking for those opportunities leading up to a launch like that to look for signals in the market and customer feedback that we could incorporate and evolve into um, our broader story. Uh, you know, an, an example is um, 
we uh, early accessed uh, integration with Atlassian's Bitbucket product. And again, I think just that work of figuring out how to talk about that functionality um, gave us a chance to learn. We tested with customers, other subject matter experts, and learned a ton in that process that gave us sort of the foundations of what our ultimate message would be, and then you know how to think about just the overall brand um, as part of that. So I really feel like that was the foundation, was using those nine months, 12 months in advance to continually learn and optimize um, mm. from, from those initial launches, and then using those learnings to think big about you know, the brand and, and how to position the brand uh, from there. Yeah, no, I love that. It's uh, it's not you know, you and I were talking right before the, right before we chatted uh, or started the interview about just the importance of thinking about thinking about launches and releases as a sort of a continuum versus a moment in time, and so it sounds like a, a lot of the things you were doing up into the moment of Jira work management was just steps along that continuum, as well as learnings that sort of guided you to a, a moment in time that where you sort of went all in, um, which is such a yeah, I think a, a neat approach and something we had to do on the, on the other Jira products as well over the years. Yep. So um, yep. it makes a ton of sense. What, what is, um, this is the, the, the hairy question I think most PMMs get uh, on launches, but curious, like talk us through, especially for something again that large and that had a huge brand component. Like what was the, how did you guys think about success? What, what, what did success look like? How did you measure it? Um, and, and again, sort of how did that tie to the different layers of, of, the, uh, of the launch itself? Yeah, and I think layers is a good way to think about it. Um, certainly one of the biggest pain points that we had was when it came to customers considering IT service management products, um, you know, Jira is not the first thing that you think about <laughs> in, that, in that lens. And so, you know, the brand aspect to this was, was, was very important. Um, and so some of the things that we were looking at were um, uh, search volume around uh, the new uh, product. So, you know, we've been tracking, we had been tracking for quite some time around Jira service desk searches. And we were curious to see that transition in terms of Jira service desk to Jira service management. And, you know, how quickly could we, could we ensure that, that that search traffic is starting to transition as an indicator that people are aware of this new brand and, and what it, uh, what it is. Um, okay. Obviously, we're looking at trials and you know, how often are people curious enough to actually try the product. And so looking across the funnel to see, are we pulling in traffic effectively? Um, are we getting people to try the product? Um, and then definitely looking at adoption. And particularly, I was alluding to some of those new functionality areas. We have been known as a service desk. We wanted to see were people adopting um, areas of the product that were aligned with some of the service manage, IT service management capabilities as another indicator that our pivot was was um, successful. So, you know, again, I think those are some of the layers, you know, sort of brand sort of funnel and then product adoption to give us indicators if we were successful in this pivot. And I think what's interesting about that is that that's not like, you know, you, you do the launch and you're done with those. You know, that's a long yep. journey, and especially when it comes to yep. something with a brand, you kind of look and see how it went with the launch, but, you know, it's a kind of a never-ending uh, journey as well. So I think that's one of the interesting nuances about something like that. 
yeah, totally. Um, so switching gears here, uh, how did you, another, another thing that we, we often talk to and, and, and see product marketers and product management sort of in, in our community um, um, you know, discussing is, is the relationship between PM and PMM. Um, obviously, having worked at Atlassian, I know that you know, it's, a, it's quite a distributed global, uh, global team. And I know with a, on a launch especially, it's like that alignment is so important. I'm uh, curious if you sort of can t take, us, um, take us into that a little bit and just talk about how, how you thought about both from the JIRA service desk side and then the JIRA management side, aligning PMM and PM and sort of what went well there and what didn't and how did that impact the launch? Yeah, um, well, I think I've had, you know, quite a few tours of duty on this in terms of um, yeah. and, and seen a lot of things in terms of, uh, you know, that alignment. Um, I think for me, the thing that um, sticks with me is, and I, I guess it kind of gets back to what we were saying earlier about product marketing having a strategy element and an execution element. And for me, I think at times where friction emerges between product marketing and product management is a lack of alignment on just that starting strategy. What are we trying to do? What's the objectives we're trying to hit at? Um, I think at times, you know, people can see the tactics that product marketing is doing, but if it's not connected to a why, a why are we doing this? Um, it just mm -hmm. gets hard to um, buy into that. And so I think one of the principles that, you know, I think a lot about is being open and transparent with the strategy that we're thinking for product marketing, the trade-offs that we're making, the tough trade-offs that we're making, and aligning with product around those trade-offs. And then as you move into execution around that, I think you have a much better chance of success. People can understand why you're doing that tactic and not this other tactic. Well, it's because we talked about the strategy in advance. So I think for me, you know, that element um, is really important. Um, the other one that I put a lot of emphasis, I think, especially in this space that I am in, which is you know around developer tools, is one of the toughest challenges for product marketing is knowing the audience uh, when you're not technical. You know, it's it's pretty intimidating to be able to write mm -hmm. messaging and copy for an audience that is so technical. Um, and I think on the product marketing side, we have to I think work even just that little bit harder to make sure that we know the product well, that we know the audience well, the issues that they're facing, and that we are credible when talking with product around those issues, that we've done our homework on some of that. And I think um, when that has happened, I think the collaboration with product gets a lot better when there's a common understanding of what the issues are for the customer, what our product can do, and, and some of the things that, that we're um, going to bring to the table to make that successful. So I think those are a couple principles that I think a lot about. They're tough. It's not like it's just a magic wand and it's easy. You know, I think that's why um, it's hard. Um, but, you know, mm. I, think, I think thinking about those and being cognizant about those, um, for me, is, is helpful uh, to, to, being, to having a better chance at success. Okay. Yeah, it's all, all super helpful, uh, and I think great thoughts. Um, but kind of a, fo a follow-up on that, and, and again, thinking back, or even, you know, you could chat about how it is at, at LaunchDarkly, but also on the on sort of the JIRA work management side. I'm curious how, just having a conversation with a, a, a PMM yesterday who was building out her team for the first time and, t and asking, like, how do I think about, like, who to hire when and then how to align them to the people across the org? 
Um, cur curious how you sort of you approach that, having again sort of been in the in the PMM leadership role um, m multiple times now. Sort of what's how do you think about sort of building out your org um, and then sort of al aligning it with product, especially again around like I find that usually it's 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 times when you're preparing for something big that those kind of <laughs> those decisions uh, and that alignment always breaks. And so I think some, something that um, ensuring that those those communication lines are open is so critical. So just curious how you how you have approached that and what you've seen and what you've learned from from that yep. career. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I think one of the interesting things about and what I love about product marketing is this sort of intersection in the work of product marketing across so many different stakeholders in the business and obviously there's that relationship with product but also the relationship with sales um, and you know I think a critical aspect to building out your org is being aligned and thoughtful about um, aligning your priorities with the priorities of the stakeholders that you're supporting whether that's product, sales, and other relevant stakeholders that you may be interested in supporting. Um, and again, you know, I think that for me is a, a, a critical element, you know, sort of speaking with those stakeholders, understanding their priorities, uh, building up your own priorities, and then, you know, building out the org are some of the tactical elements to support that prioritization or, or that strategy. Um, so I guess I'm coming back to this <laughs> strategy element, but again, I think that that mm -hmm. is such a critical element, not saying that that's 80% of the job, but, you know, it's an important part of the job. It's a high leverage part of the job because it allows you to uh, align with so many stakeholders across the org. And then again, when you get to building your org, it's aligned with some forcing function or some a framework for thinking about where you want to invest in um, and who you're supporting and what you're trying to influence uh, as part of mm -hmm. that. And then I think the metrics and things of, of that nature all flow from that, the job descriptions, uh, the goals, all of that flows from that. But I think you know, thinking upfront about that, uh, at least a little bit, I think um, is critical. Okay. Um, t taking that one step further, again, this is a conversation I was just having this weekend. Uh, with someone curious your thoughts on do, do does demand generation live uh underneath uh product marketing or beside product marketing or somewhere else entirely for us uh, hot take on this <laughs> yeah i think in, in general um it's beside product marketing obviously the, the the collaboration there is is really is really close um i think i think a lot about uh, campaigns and sort of how to run campaigns. Mm -hmm. I think campaigns is probably the biggest intersection between product marketing and um, and demand gen. And I think plenty of discussion around where where that should live and, and sort of who owns that. Um, you know, I, I think for me, I've seen it in, in both sides of the world. I do feel like product marketing has to be really tightly uh, intertwined with campaigns that sort of thinking about the buyer journey the messaging and the assets that really um, allow us to uh, tell the right story at the right time to customers and allows demand gen to really be clear and authentic at every stage in the buyer journey. Um, and I think that's a, an important handoff to make sure is successful um, when product marketing and, and demand gen are separate. So um, yep. I understand that that's a polarizing topic. I, I can definitely see that. 
Um, but you know, I think I think that's a, 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 for me. I, I found that to be a logical um, organization of skill sets to, to have them separate. Yep, kind of jo joined at the hip, especially when you're doing anything campaign related. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Great. Um, we're already almost at uh, 25 minutes here. The time's flying by. Um, what, want to get into Robbie with you specifically because I, you know, I think from your time at IBM, New Relic, Atlassian, you know, you've worked on some really big, uh, some, some really big kind of what I would call tier one, big splash, uh, splashy type launches. Um, however, I know obviously you're working at LaunchDarkly now. There's a lot of, a lot of the way you guys are thinking about and even sort of what LaunchDarkly stands for is a more continuous, uh, sort of a continuous push. Um, of, of new features and functionality and, and rolling things out in a more continual manner versus, uh, again, kind of the big the big Steve Jobs iPhone reveal, I always call it. Um, so curious to just sort of hear your thoughts on that, that evolution in the software in the software market and why it's so important that, you know, uh, uh, companies um, do, do one or the other, potentially do both. Again, sort of curious to get your, your thoughts, having seen and lived through so, so much of that change. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was interesting thinking about this interview and, and, and launches and thinking about how things have shifted. You know, we, we're in this world now of SaaS and continuous delivery. And I think of a lot of customers that are using our product, LaunchDarkly. And, you know, from a product marketing perspective, it, it actually creates some really interesting challenges where increasingly customers are moving towards smaller launches, smaller batch sizes, I alluded to the fact that even in the Jira service management launch, there was that big announcement, but there was a lot of smaller launches that, that led up to that and EAPs and betas and you know early access, like all these little things that give us a chance to get customer feedback. And you know I really feel like, at least from, from my experience, that seems to be the trend of where things are going, where you're kind of iteratively testing new things, getting feedback on it, and then expanding upon it. And I think from a product pr marketing perspective, that, that creates some really interesting challenges where you're trying to explore how to create an ongoing communication with customers. It's not just a one-time launch and then you check in back with them in six months for your next launch. You know, you're really trying to think about um, cadences that customers can, can follow and ways for them to keep up with all of these small little things um, and so, you know, I think it creates emphasis around, you know, those, those communication, those feedback cycles, and, um, and really also being clear and consistent every time around what's your, what's your bigger vision? How does this small thing yes. that seems so insignificant, how does it connect to something bigger that, I'm, that I might care about? Or how does it connect with other things that, that you're working on? So, um, you know, I think it's an interesting, a really interesting time to be in product marketing, just given the velocity and this shift to sort of smaller uh, releases. And I think it, it creates opportunities to rethink how we think about launches and just the overall approach. Yes. Yeah, I could not agree more. So, yeah, it's a, one of the reasons and things we're trying to work with teams using launch notes on um, is exactly sort of re re rethinking that entire sort of it's, it's a pretty big paradigm shift. Um, that you don't necessarily need to go out and get press and, and buy a billboard uh, every time something's coming out because uh, you're going to be bankrupt pretty quick if you do that, right? Because things are coming out all the time. So, um, and it's just, there's still so much of product marketing that still thinks and sort of works in a waterfall world while the rest of the organization's over here working in a CICD world and, and a feature yep. flagging world. Yep. Um, 
what is what, what is sort of as you as you guys talk to customers now, especially folks that are really invested in feature flagging, um, I've always I've always sort of thought about there's there's two different types of uh, of release cadences, sort of time based, and then there's tiered based. So you can either kind of say we're trying to do one thing a month, mm -hmm. or we're trying to do you know a, a tier one thing and a tier two thing and a tier three thing. Um, how have you guys thought about that? How do you what do you recommend to customers? What have you seen sort of work well in your own in your own career? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think with a product like ours, we're working a lot with customers that are buying into this thought process around, you know, more iterative development, smaller batch sizes, chances. Every time you get something out into the hands of customers, that gives you a chance to understand whether that thing is performing as expected, getting the right reception that you were expecting. Um, and, and definitely, I think that's where where we see things heading um, is is sort of that that notion, and I think what's interesting is that 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 principle can be applied in in multiple dimensions. Um, we also have customers that are optimizing just their tech stack, whether you know maybe they're moving to the cloud or different AWS services, and using things like feature flags to test incrementally um, those updates before testing mm -hmm. with with all of their users and so you know I think it's a powerful principle um, and, and I think when customers start getting uh, used to that including even Atlassian um, using that way um, it's just really powerful it gives you a sense of confidence to get earlier feedback um, get faster feedback iterate faster and kind of realize that that vision of of agile, which was, you know, uh, a very aspirational thing when I was a developer, um, and I think things like feature flagging are, are really helping customers to to get to a practical place of actually uh, realizing that without, you know, in sort of a, a practical way. So, you know, I think that's that's definitely, you know, what I'm seeing a lot. I think from a product marketing perspective, I think, like we've talked about. Uh, it just puts a little bit more emphasis on, um, you know, the messaging that it connects to, to bigger things, and that there are ways for customers to follow all of these little things that are coming up. Um, you know, again, I think I see more and more early access betas, and I think that's all enabled by things like feature flagging that allow you to do that. But I think on the product marketing side, you just have to be thoughtful about um, how to position that effectively and talk about all these different features that are kind of in different phases in terms of where they are with customers. Yeah, as you're, as you're talking about this, I'm almost thinking we need to introduce another one. I always think about them as like, like time-based or tiered, and there's like a third that's like testing, testing-based, um, where you just, you're, you're constantly testing, seeing what works, rolling it out as, as, you, as you learn and iterate, and it's not necessarily related to a tier or specific uh, time frame you're trying to hit, so I love that. And it also fits into a very nice alliteration um, a little alliteration <laughs> pattern. Uh, so we will uh, we'll see about maybe adding a adding, maybe we can add a template into the in the launch notes that uh, that, that addresses that. Yep. Um, Robbie, we're we're already I think at time or even over time, but um, really enjoy the conversation. One 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 uh, sort of final question for you. Curious, is there one sort of is there one like tack is there one tactic that's your go to tactic or sort of a, a secret weapon that you, you that you always use or that you think is particularly uh, powerful on 
on, on big launches and that you're kind of like, I always need to make sure at least this is done because this is going to crush for me. Um, <laughs> curious if, if, if you have something in your back pocket like that that you want to share. Well, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily game changing, but you and I have talked about, um, you know, this notion of cadences and, you know, I am at this point a, a believer in, you know, sort of whether it's quarterly cadences or, or something along those lines where you're making sort of larger go-to-market pushes and giving customers a chance to catch up on all of the product updates that have happened over a certain period of time. And I've, in my experience, I've found that customers find that easier to follow. They kind of have, you know, they start to follow a cadence in terms of when to check in on uh, some of the updates. And so, you know, certainly you're continuing to release new capabilities all the time. And like we've talked about, oftentimes they're small or in, or in different phases. But I think sort of having this cadence, I feel like, has been helpful. And what I found is helpful particularly is it's helpful not only for um, customers to follow, but also for your internal stakeholders to follow. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing how challenging it is to keep up on product updates, even internally. Um, and, you know, having, you know, some kind of cadence around enablement, um, around, you know, education around um, updates, I think has, has been helpful in, in my experience. And, you know, I'll be curious and we'll be curious to see what other product marketing leaders um, are, are adopting. But I think for me, that's, that's been a helpful, a simple, helpful um, way of thinking about it. Hey, Blake here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Notes podcast. If you work on a product team, whether you're in product management, product marketing, product ops, or any other supporting function, go check out the Launch Awesome community. Hundreds of the top product minds from companies like Google, Atlassian, Twilio, and more are in the community sharing their expertise every day. This free Slack community is a great place to connect with and learn from real product leaders, actual practitioners who are in the trenches building and launching products at some of the most exciting startups and SaaS companies around. To join, head to the link in the show notes or just do a quick search for Launch Awesome and it'll come right up. Finally, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be first to know about new episodes and of course, we'd be thrilled if you left us a review. Reviews not only help other people find the show, but also just lets us know which content you find most valuable so we can create even more of it. Thanks again for being here.